Brock Inmano from WNTH. Stooges with Down on the Street, Iggy Pop just celebrated his 70th birthday, so what a what a better fitting song to randomly come up on the automation than that song. I mean, it was a couple weeks ago, so it's not perfectly fitting, but we haven't been here. We haven't been here for a very, very long time. Too long of a time. Um, I mean, at least I haven't. I think Sammy's been filling in, but uh, I, don't, I, ca- I can't record when... when uh, I'm not here, so and I, and I record them and I put them up. Uh, I'm Sean Crawford. This is Three Cents Worth. By the way, you're listening to WITH 88.1. Should have covered this all much sooner, but, but this is radio, guys. It's live. It's live. It's it's 5:25 at the moment. Um, it and uh, and you you have been tuned into WITH 88.1. So I mentioned uh, it's it's been too long since since I have been on the air. But uh, that just means we've got a lot to cover, which is why I'm starting, like, five minutes early. That's, that's not a crime to start five minutes early. Um, I don't know if we're going to have any guests, any, any uh, Sammys or Dannys on the show. They might, they might pop in, uh, but, but we don't know. And, I, and if they don't, I've got a lot to cover. I've got so much to cover because um, I've been out for the past couple of weeks because uh, actually both times it was because I had uh, a show, a show with my band. I played... I played music in a band with with another person uh, a couple weeks ago. I was at the Oasis in Gray's Lake uh, with a, a couple bands called uh, one called Misunderstood and one called Castle No Kings, um, and they were cool guys. And then uh, one at the Halfway House in Aurora, Illinois, uh, with Porcupine. Um, they were kind of one of the headliners, and they just released a new split with Homestand, another Aurora local band. And you should you should check those guys out. Really great guys, make good music, I think, um, on the complete opposite sides of the spectrum while still staying within somewhat of a punk sound. Um, I've just been rambling. I've just been going here and there. I should just kind of pick something and go with it. Um, and the biggest thing, I think, that happened, over, as far as I'm concerned, the biggest thing that happened while I was gone is Riot Fest released their lineup, which I, I, I hinted at. Uh, last episode that they had been teasing it. They had been saying that they were going to release it uh, that Tuesday, um, and I didn't think they were going to, but then they released this teaser video, and uh, ba-boom, it's, it's out on Tuesday, and it's, it's noticeably short, but noticeably there is a 25-plus band at the end of the lineup, which they usually announce like two or three in their second, in their second wave. 25-plus bands, and... Um, before I go any further, I'm just going to address the elephant in the room with a song, because I've just been talking for a long time without a song. Um, you probably know what this, is, what, what this next artist is going to be, but I'm, I'm going to introduce them with a song rather than introducing the song with words. I don't know. What am I saying? I should just play a song. Regroup myself and, um, and just, yeah, just, just take a step back. 
calm down a bit. Uh, this this is this is a classic on WNTH eighty eight point one, the Gwyneth. It is the present. You have to to learn to find it within you. If you can learn to love it, you just might like it. You can live without it. There's a million open windows. I'm passing these open windows. Passing these open windows. There is plenty to criticize. It gets so easy to narrow these eyes. Jawbreaker with Savior Generation. Uh, I, I mean, a bit of a basic song to play. One of their one of their more famous songs. If 
if uh, if you could even call them. And I, I think that they're they're a famous band. They're at the top of the bill, um, but mostly because Job Jawbreaker Reunion has almost become a running joke for a long time. There's a band called the Jawbreaker Reunion, and uh, they're they're finally reuniting. Nobody ever thought it would happen, but but it happened. It's or it's happening, and I'm excited. I I love Jawbreaker, and if you don't know Jawbreaker, I think. Definitely check out Dear You. I think a lot of people, a lot of most people, I think they consider twenty four hour revenge, revenge, twenty four hour revenge therapy to be their best album. Uh, I personally prefer Dear You, but you know both both fantastic records. Um, that was Save Your Generation by Jawbreaker on WNTH eighty eight point one, um, and just just if you need an entryway into Jawbreaker, listen to that. Listen to Oyster. Uh, Jet Black, of course, uh, Jawbreaker Day just happened because they have a song called Sluttering, or May 4th, um, so many good songs on the album, Basilica, um, and then past that, check out Want, Boxcar is, I think, their most popular song, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a solid track, just, just listen to Jawbreaker, everyone, they're so good. Uh, they toured with Nirvana in the 90s, which I think was their big breakout, because Kurt Cobain loved Jawbreaker and everything, and uh, so they, they, were, they were kind of big in that whole, whole scene. Um, great mid to late 90s emo, um, I guess, proto-org. I've, I've, I've come up with that genre just now. I think that they could be considered proto-org. Um, kind of a, that vocal style might be a bit of a precursor precursor to Orcore. Uh, but enough about Jawbreaker. Let's kind of dive into the rest of this lineup because there is a lot to unpack here. I think they kind of emulated a lot from the 2013 lineup, which uh, just had so many great bands. That was the first year I ever went. I saw the worst two bands. I saw Fall Out Boy and Blink-182 uh, that year. And I look back on that and wish that I had seen, like... So many great bands with the bill. I think Replacement, Pixies, X, X is reappearing on this on this uh, lineup here. Let's see. They had what were the other big ones? I mean, Massinger and the Flatliners at the bottom. The Flatliners are playing again. Uh, excited to see them. I saw them once a couple years ago. Uh, as I said before on the show, wasn't a huge fan of their latest album, but still tons of great music in their back catalog and excited to be a witness to that again. And um, some really classic ones, Bad Brains, although I hear, hear they're not great live these days, um, I, you, you still got to see them, because you know, it's, it's Bad Brains, like, you got to see them. Um, and GBH, Buzzcocks, all great stuff. Um, and of course, the Lawrence Arms playing Oak Calcutta. I'm a huge Lawrence Arms fan. Oh, Calcutta is one of my favorite albums, if not my favorite. It's kind of starting to overtake Metropole as my favorite Lawrence Arms album because it used to be kind of my ranking was reverse chronological. But uh, Oh, Calcutta is such a great album, and they're going to be playing that in its entirety. Um, and and there's a few other full albums that are going to be played. But the, um, one one band that really surprised me recently that happens to be on this lineup... Um, with their, they didn't surprise me by being on this lineup. They surprised me with their new track, which I actually really liked a lot, uh, Paramore. Uh, I, even in the days where I was into kind of a lot of obnoxious pop punk, Paramore never really stuck with me. And I don't know what it was. It just felt like it was a bit bland. 
Uh, but they've come out with a new single. It's called Hard Times. And they've come out with another. I haven't listened to it yet, but the first single from the new album. And it's super bubblegum. It's super pristine, poppy. But it's got this really nice kind of new wave styling to it. Kind of, I, I don't know. It's 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 just a really fun, upbeat track. It's got a bit of cheese. Uh, I don't like the kind of hook or I guess chorus, post-chorus. I don't know exactly what it is. You'll hear it. it I, I, I don't know exactly what they're saying, but, you know, it, it, there's, there's some cheesy moments. But I think overall, this is a very well-composed track. I'm really surprised that I found myself really enjoying um, new material from Paramore. So you're probably going to hear this on the radio for the next six months, but I haven't started hearing it on the radio now. I don't, I don't listen to radio much, but... Um, which is ironic because I'm on the radio. I mostly listen to WNTH, if, if that is any consultation. But I got on a tangent. Uh, you're probably going to hear this a ton in the next six months. It's, you're going to be obnoxious if you're listening to this in the far future. But it's a great song for now, and I'm going to play it. It's called Hard Times.
that was Paramore with Hard Times. Uh, again, really surprised me with that track. Was not really expecting much from Paramore, but it's got a really fun vibe to it. Again, that kind of whatever, something rock bottom, that, that whole part, that r- little refrain, find a bit cheesy. Also, some of the uh, synths in the bridge. But but overall, pretty great song. And some of the deliveries on the verse, um, this might be a bit of a stretch, but I feel like it kind of almost sounds like a bit of later clash. Um, you kind of got maybe like a, a bit more polished combat rock, which I think was like the most polished they ever got. So, And I'm not a huge fan of combat rock for the most part, uh, except, for, <laughs> except for the singles, which that, that doesn't sound good. But I mean, I, I really can't. Couldn't get into it. Uh, that's besides the point. Su- surprising effort from Paramore, and uh, and and a song that that I, I like, and I think I'll come back to, even if it gets completely overplayed and overblown on the radio in the next two years or forever. I don't know. Um, talking about other singles, especially from prominent pop punk artists in the mid two thousands, um, and moving more electronic, and in this case, not being good. Uh, I am talking about the new Fall Out Boy song, which is is very bad. Um, I wasn't really expecting much from Fall Out Boy, so, like, you know, what can you say? But it, it's, it's, just, it's just very bad. It's kind of like they're trying to be really left field, um, but at the same time trying to kind of pander to this bubblegum pop audience and, and trying to throw all these obnoxious sounds out there to sound all, um, I guess to sound really kind of artsy and stuff. It, it doesn't sound good. It's not a good song. Uh, I don't know what the band was thinking here. I don't know what they've been thinking for a long time. Um, but yeah, don't, don't check that out unless, I don't know. I, I don't know where that was going to go. There, there, there just is no, uh, unless just don't check that song out. Don't listen to new Fall Out Boy. And, and you know, I don't think Fall, most of Fall Boy's discography is worth uh, defending at this point, worth recommending. There's other stuff to listen to. Um, and other singles that I want to get onto. Another single that I thought uh, wasn't a huge fan of, but also I don't hate this song. Um, and I'll, and I'll, get it, I'll get into my, my more in-depth thoughts on that. New Rise Against song, um, The Violence. I think... In a vacuum, it's a great song. I think I would love it a lot more in a vacuum, but I've heard Rise Against do this so many times before. It, it, it's just kind of... It, it, it just kind of... I feel neutral about it because, you know, I, I've heard the song. This this isn't anything... I don't, I don't feel like this is anything new. They're, they're, they, I'll give them that they found something that works and they're sticking with it. People are buying it and, you know, they're happy, whatever. I... I don't care anymore because I, I, I don't expect Rise Against to put out like an incredible groundbreaking record or anything these days. Um, though I do still really love their old stuff. Um, I don't feel like I really need for the band to, to make some big comeback, to make some big return. So I'm, I'm going to play an old Rise Against song. Uh, you, you can listen to, to the new song. I think it, it's, it's a genuinely good song, but it, it's... In the context of Rise Against, the sound has been beat to death. Every blow is so predictable. And, yeah, it's, it's really all I have to say about it. Um, but with that said, RPM 10, 
It's a fantastic record. Actually, one of my all-time favorite records. And I'm going to play a song from that album called To the Core, which I think is probably like the most hardcore Rise Against has ever gotten, if, if you could even call them hardcore. But, but anyways, th- this is To the Core, Rise Against, off of RPM 10 on WNTH 88.1, The Gwyneth. against To The Core off of RPM 10. Highly recommend that record. Really just not a bad song on the whole thing. So good. And, and Chicagoan, it's local. Check them out, even if you don't like most new Rise Against. I think there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot going on there, and it, very well-written songs, well-crafted songs in their early discography, even if their later stuff has gotten a bit predictable, a bit bland, a bit overdone. Uh, more singles that I want to talk about this week, quick, quickly uh, touch on. There's a new Descendants single. I think it's pretty good. I like Descendants a lot. And this this is a fun little little uh, political song. They don't do much political songs. They had, like, American. They had, uh, what other song? They had, some, they had a few other political songs. But mostly Descendants are kind of known for staying away from politics, especially because when they first, like, they first started coming out with albums that were kind of hardcore blended with like beach boys um and and they kind of went more the beach boys route on the songwriting even if it was kind of from a more punk attitude angle uh they never really talk about politics too much except for in some of the previously mentioned songs like american um and this song too which is very political and you know i think it's good i don't think Descendants are your where you want to go if you want to hear some super angry political music, but they kind of just lay things out. Lyrics are good enough. Uh, Bassline, as always, is great. Carl Alvarez still killing it, one of the best bassists in the game, um, and a lot of fun to listen to as well. Another single I want to shout out, Guttermouth. I think uh, the Guttermouth single, I liked it a lot. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's fun. Uh, it's called Saturday Truck Fever, I think. Something around there. It's, it's you know, it's it's a silly, 
fun song. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Guttermouth was never really meant to be taken seriously. But, you know, satisfies. Yeah, Saturday Truck Fever. Just looked it up. I don't know. I think it's a fun song. But don't feel obligated to check it out. Um, Guttermouth's just been putting out some some songs that are, are fun. You know, they're good enough. Uh, but, like, you know, they're not... They're not essential albums in modern punk. Uh, and and I think most of their back catalog, I don't think they have much essential sh- stuff. But it's it's still like good, good punk, good pop punk, skate punk, if you're looking for some new stuff in that vein. And uh, I got a couple more singles that I want to talk about. One being the new Jeff Rosenstock single. And I think I'm actually going to play that song. Uh, I've... This isn't. I don't think this is one of his best songs, but it's got a really great melody to it. It's a lot of fun. It's just. I think it's just kind of a one-off. Though I wouldn't be surprised. He's been. He's released an album the last two years. Maybe he'll release one again this year. Never know. This. This could be. I. I. I still don't think that it would be. It would turn up on the album because it does seem like a one-off. And also, I think all the proceeds are going to some sort of charity. So, the point of this song isn't isn't to promote some album. But anyway, it's still a good song. I'm gonna play it for you. It's called Drama Mine by Jeff Rosenstock on WNTH. Here it is. Bring me down When I bounce Call around I'm in need Of a dream Let me sleep Let me be Drama me Holy hell Jeff Rosenstock, WNTH 88.1. And just one more, one more song I'd like to kind of just, just kind of squeeze in there uh, in the very end. Uh, It's a bit, 
it's not necessarily my style for, um a style that I mostly focus on so I don't know if it's it's good in the grand scheme of the genre but um this new song by Chan called Sleepy Tea which is a bit of a kind of math rock it's a bit atmospheric I love the textures on this song the textures are just so so pretty so it's just pretty textures and and it's just a nice nice song it, it's it's just very well produced it's it sounds very nice and and it's pleasant. It's a it's an instrumental, and they're. Did I mention that they're kind of like a math rock band? So it's a bit like of an unconventional. There's a bit of an unconventional time signature here, kind of maybe a bit of American football vibes, that type of stuff. Um, so without further ado, I'm just going to play the last single that I'm going to play on on the show tonight, which is "Sleepy Tea" by Chan. Sean with Sleepy Tea. Just just a very nice song. Just a very nice song. I I enjoy that song. It's pleasant. You know, it's not it, it's it's got its complexities, but at the same time, it's very chill. Very 
very kind of pleasant. I, I think I've said that a bunch, but that's really all I have to say about that song. I, I liked it a lot. Um, to to maybe break up the reviews, break up the uh, talking about uh, just specific songs and specific music, I have a bit of a personal antidote that I'd like to include in this, which was an experience that I had last Tuesday. Which is really interesting, and it, it involves me uh, reviewing albums. I review albums over on a site called punknews.org. Uh, check me out. My username is join us for Pong, and it's, it's a Vandals reference. Uh, and I wrote a review for a band called Days and Days about a month ago, and recently... Um, guy from the band, he reached out to me, he tried to get into contact for me, with me, and uh, in, in a private messaging service, um, we, he asked me for constructive criticism. I actually first thought that he was trying to give me constructive criticism, but then he clarified. Uh, he wanted constructive criticism for me, which was really interesting and really kind of humbling that, I mean, that e- even if it's just a little bit, like he cared enough to reach out to me, he cared enough about my opinion, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, that he was also looking for that feedback and and so um it wasn 't a bad album i didn 't give it like i didn 't completely trash the album i ga- i gave it a seven i couldn 't give it anything under that because i I did really enjoy the album, but my main problem with it was that i i mean I feel like as somebody who's reviewing the main thesis has to be of my reviews has to be should you listen to this album or not and what I basically came across with was that if you liked old days and days which I happen to like, then you're going to like this album. It's kind of, it's, it's more of what made Days and Days so great. It's what, you know, it's, 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 it's good classic Days and Days, and it's got all the elements um, of the band that really worked with their last album. But if, you know, you didn't really like the band all that much to begin with, nothing's going to change your mind in this album because they don't really do anything new. So that was my main criticism, and I felt fine like just putting it all out there because ultimately I liked the album, and I could balance that out with the fact that you know I legitimately do enjoy the album. I liked all your old stuff, so of course I liked this too. It, I thought it was it was a good album, even if it didn't kind of take any risks. And he really kind of honed in on that whole "what do you mean by taking risks," which I I kind of had to uh, think for a second before responding to that because I knew what I'm. I knew what I meant. It wasn't that I just kind of said that because it's kind of, oh, we've got, we've got somebody in the studio. Sammy Fogel. Hey, Sammy Fogel. Should I start the story over? Because I think this is a good talking point. That we can talk together. What are you talking about? Um, an experience I had last Tuesday. So as, as you know, I write reviews for, for punknews.org. You sure do. And uh, I wrote a review for a band called Days and Days about a month ago. Just like a folk punk band from Houston. And uh, just this past week, one of the guys in the band, he reached out to me and asked me for constructive criticism. And it wasn't like a band that I completely trashed. I gave it like a seven uh, because I legitimately liked it. But at the same time, you know, being that my kind of responsibility as a reviewer, I feel like is to say whether or not you should listen to this album. I acknowledge the fact that like if you don't, if you didn't like old days and days, you're not going to like this because they don't really do anything new and they don't really kind of take any risks. And he really honed in on the kind of taking risks thing. And I knew what I meant when I said that. I, I kind of said, I, I was kind of saying, like, you know, there's not really anything new on this album or anything. But at the same time, oh, wait, Sammy, your mic's not on. I'm sorry. Is that mic too? Oh, Speaking to that microphone for me, Sammy. Speaking to that mic. Shalom. That's, that's your mic. Beautiful. So basically, 
I, I was trying to strike a balance between the fact that because I like what they're doing. I think that they're they're in in the world of folk punk. They're probably the most prominent art contemporary artist out there. Um, well, that's that's the thing. I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring the I'll bring them back up because first of all, they're not really folk punk anymore, oh. um, well, and I'm sure. talking more contemporarily. Okay. Um, but they in in the world of folk punk, I think they are kind of one of the more dynamic groups, okay. given that like a lot of stuff is just one guy with a guitar, and it can get kind of boring after a while. But that's exactly what I think could be a bit of a problem with days and days if they've just got like a guitar and a trumpet and uh and they've got a male and female vocalist which kind of they switch things up that makes it a bit more dynamic but at the same time it's they've got such a minimalistic instrumentation that no matter what they do it can kind of get a bit samey after a while so like if if you like that sound that's great but at the same time um you know you're not gonna garner any new fans so when he kind of pressed me for more on this taking risks uh the example i actually went to was andrew jackson jihad and i'm calling them that because first of all the material that we're going to talk about is mostly from when they were called that and second of all it's a better name and they should still be called andrew jackson jihad i I don't know sammy well i do know but but we don't have to get into that argument because this is a whole nother debate that i've been having and it goes a lot deeper than i think this one band which is why i think you can weigh in so basically i i brought them up because they're a band that started out as a folk punk artist, and they they were a pretty versatile folk punk artist. Like you look at um, people who can eat people are the luckiest people in the world is one of my favorite folk punk albums of all time. That's the only one I know, and it's I really I like it. But... Uh, of the folk punk ones, or just of them in general? That's like you listened to Christmas of, Island, no, no, right? No, no, no. Of of Andrew Jackson Jihad records, that's the best one. IMO. I, I, I actually like Knife Man more, and that's actually one of my favorite albums of all time. So we'll, we'll get to that. But, but basically, the, they were pretty versatile. Like you look at pretty songs, sure I introduced you to them. Just yes, so. yes. Thank you for that. Um, but like you look at songs like um, a, a song in dedication to the memory of Stormy the Rabbit, which kind of has these xylophones and, and all these kind of swaying horns which don't really appear at any other part of the record it, it's kind of they kind of switch it up by bringing all this different instrumentation it's a much different song style and like randy's house which is a lot faster they have more emphasis on the drums and and there's kind of a lot of dynamicism in in that in that album but at the same time being such kind of a m- minimalistic uh avenue for them to go to to or such a minimalistic corner of music for them to be in, it can get a bit old. And and that's just the problem with a lot of folk punk, unfortunately, as much as I love the genre. So when they started branching out and going using other instrumentation, that's when they were able to kind of attract more of a fan base, even if that record was very successful in its own right. They were kind of able to... The only way that they were able to branch out and really kind of do something new was by adding in some more electronic instrumentation. By electronic, I mean like electric guitars and stuff. Um, although they did kind of bring in maybe like some synths and more recent stuff. Really not too heavily, but that's besides the point. So anyways, I, I, that's, that's basically what I meant. But at the same time, I don't... Going back to Jesse, the guy who contacted me, I didn't want to tell him, like, you guys shouldn't put out, like, a techno record or, or completely change your sound or anything, right? Um, but at the same time, the, the, the thing that I was kind of focusing in on is if you want to progress at all, you're really going to have to change up your sound a little bit. So really kind of 
what what I decided on is like you do you 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 figure out what music you want to play, but realize that you're not gonna get any more fans um, in the process. So it, it's really about I guess the conversation that I want to start this long exposition is to start a conversation about artists changing their sound overall a good thing or a bad thing or only if you can do it justice. Um. I mean, I'm trying to think of examples of that. So um, Andrew Jackson Jihad, I think, is a pretty good one. Um, they, yeah, they changed their sound a lot, and I think that it was for the better. I mentioned that Knife Man is one of my all-time favorite albums, but the Bible too is it. They kind of they kind of faltered a bit when they they keep trying to push it. They keep trying to push it, and they're you know they're losing some of the rawness that made them so great in the first place. Yeah, like they're almost trying to overproduce it. Yeah, or which, trying to which commercialize. Is, yeah, which is the path that they've been on, and that's the reason why we were able to get albums like Can't Maintain and Knife Man. And um, even though they kind of started to shy away from God's Light on um, Christmas Island, you know, it, I think that's still a pretty good album. And you wouldn't have that if they weren't moving in that direction, so that's the next logical progression. But um, See other bands. Radiohead's a good example of a band that drastically tra- cha- drastically changed their sound, and it, it was for the better. And they made some of the greatest albums of the early two thousands. Radiohead is another example of a band um, whose albums I've listened to zero of. Yeah, I haven't listened to much of Radiohead to be honest as well, and I should, uh, being somebody who comments on music at all. But they're another example of a band that was able to succeed. But then you also see all these bands that are changing up their sound, and it's it's it's. It's just to kind of make a quick buck, and it's it's to kind of like they've got a bit of that underground appeal, and they can use that to kind of launch themselves into the mainstream. And that a lot of times doesn't go well, especially when they sacrifice their quality. So I didn't want to tell this guy to to go all commercial and and sacrifice the kind of rawness and the the kind of spirit of the band because they are a very kind of I feel like they're they're a very legit band. Um, they they live kind of this this crust punk lifestyle and they they kind of practice what they preach and and most of their their stuff is pretty lo-fi it is pretty underproduced but that's part of the charm of the record and it's part of the legitimacy of it um so if they were to start bringing in all this like this these electric guitars and all these production tricks it would be out of character for the band so i mean so if if you're discussing an artist who has changed mm-hmm. over time I mean, I don't think they're... Kanye West, straight up. I mean, if you listen to a song from College Dropout or Late Registration versus listening to a song from Yeezus, they're not even similar. They're not even similar to similar. And it's... I mean, and I'm a fan of both records. So I would say the quality has been stagnant, but the sound has been very dynamic. Yeah. So we've been talking about like a lot of artists that kind of like... They change their sound and they end up for the. It ends up for the better, but um, Kanye. I don't think it's ended up artists. for the better, but it's not the worse. It hasn't okay. changed. Is like the quality, at least in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, a lot of people disagree with me. A lot of people think it's been for the worse, mm-hmm. um, but I think, um, because you know his the peop- the album that people consider to be his best was his what <coughs> one two three. Or five, his fifth album. And now he's at <laughs> seven. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. don't know. But I think, like, so many forgettable artists, because they, they come out with their good stuff earlier in their career, like 
It's a good example. Rancid, maybe. I don't know. Um, I would say an example of an artist changing and then it went for the better. better. For the worse. I'm looking for the worse. Because oh. there's a lot of... We've been naming a lot of okay, things that for went the for the better. better would be Frank Ocean. Yeah. He started with Nostalgia Ultra, which is good. He started mm. with Channel Orange, which is great. And then he most recently with Blonde, which is outstanding. Just a flawless record. Um, Let's see, like an artist like Green Day, for example. That's a good example. Um, I think an artist like Green Day is one that is possible that you are blinded by nostalgia. No, actually, the first two records, and and I I went through a phase where I was too cool for Green Day and everything, but I went back to their first couple of records, and they're really solid. They're really, first, up to, like, even some stuff on Nimrod, like, all that, it's a pretty solid discography. And, um, and, and, you know, there is a nostalgia factor. I think another good example would be Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't put out a good record probably since the Eminem show, which is 2004. But he still has hordes of fans who are very convinced he's still good, and it's actually disgusting. His fans are not good people. And, um, you know, they, uh, they're really convinced that he's the best rapper of all time. <laughs> um, it's really annoying. It's very clearly um, an internalized he's white, so I like him thing. <laughs> like... Sounds like I'm joking, but I, I'm pretty much not. I just thought of a really good example. He raps too much about raping people. I think that's something that you can do just for a little bit, <laughs> and then you move on. Tyler, the creator, rapped about raping people, and then moved on. Because, you know, you artistically, that. artistically, that's a phase you should grow out of, I, not continue until you're 45 years old, Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one more to wrap this up, because I think this will be a smooth transition to the next thing I want to talk about, Weezer. Um, and, and their last single hasn't been evident of this, but they are, they are the classic example that I couldn't think of where everybody loved their first two albums and then they come out with, um, wait, no, yeah, I thought you album, said you liked the white album. No, no, I like the white album. Um, oh yeah, sorry. No, the white albums, the, the, the kind of, um, bat, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the white album's the outlier, but other than that, like, they're they're just they started off really strong and then I think did they go to the green album or did they go to make believe I don't know I, well. I, I intuitively want to say the green album but I think they went to make believe and put out like Beverly Hills and stuff and then everybody was like oh well Weezer's a lost cause because they tried to kind of go for the more mainstream so I guess the full circle what I, what I want the the yes or no question that I want to boil this down to is should I have told this person that he he should change his sound. Or should I have just said, you know what, people like this, you're doing what you want to do, um, just kind of stick with it, even if the albums kind of sound the same. I mean, you're the critic. Yeah. Your review said that you wanted him to do something different. You shouldn't back down. If, if that's, what, that's, if, if that's what you said and that's what you meant, you shouldn't back down on that to well, not make him feel bad. What, what I, no, what I, I, I wasn't going to hold anything out from him because what, what I said is, first of all, I did like the record. I still gave it a seven, but I recognize the fact that if you don't like old days and days, this isn't going to change your opinion. So my problem wasn't that like he wasn't changing his sound and that made it a bad record because it was, it was good and I liked it, but you know, like it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna win anybody over. It's basically the thesis of this. And if he wants to win any over, he has to change his sound. All right. I don't know if he... I, and I haven't heard the record, and I don't yeah. care to. But um, 
I don't know if it's studious to change the sound, but really just... Because, um, personally, I'm thinking of an example of an artist. I'm thinking of Travis Scott. So his first mixtape, Owl Pharaoh, came out in probably 2012. And, um, like, his diehards loved it. Um, but then critics weren't really very won over. And then Days Before Rodeo came out, and his diehards loved it. Like, it's, like, their favorite albums ever. And critics liked it more, but they still weren't won over. And then he came out with Rodeo, which everyone loves, and the critics love, but, like, because it just, it, it, it's not that his sound was necessarily changing that much, it's just that it was, like, getting better. Like, he was, mm-hmm. like, coming into his own, almost. Yeah. Um, but I think because of the critical acclaim, I think his diehards have gone back to days before Rodeo, um, and held that up as their favorite. And then there's also Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight, which came out in August. And neither the critics nor the diehards liked it that much. <laughs> I like it, but but so, I didn't initially. Like, it's, I don't know, it just, it took time. Like, I, I went back and listened to it, like, four months later, and I was like, oh, wait, I like pretty much every song on this. Like, what was I doing? I was playing myself. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm going to play a song now. Um... Basically, what I ended up telling Jesse was I laid all this out for him, and I told him, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but this this is what you got to do to win over the people who don't like you. And, and ultimately, you do what you want to do. Um, you make music that you have fun with. And uh, he actually suggested to me his other project, Escape from the Zoo, which is, he is like, a lot more electric guitars. They have drums more prevalently. And uh, it's just kind of a more straight-up ska punk outfit. And the song that I'm going to play is actually... So they, they released an album um, in January called Kilicopter. Um, okay, Sammy's cringing a bit. No, I'm just winking um, and looking at the microphone. Okay, that works. Um, and it had a song on it called Saturday Night Palsy. And that, act, that song actually came out... Um, they re-released it on the Days and Days record, sounding more like Days and Days in that style. Um, so this is a song that appeared on both, as a lot of the crack rock steady bands tend to do. Uh, they kind of tend to reuse their songs in other bands and other projects, and Days and Days is part of that whole family. I can get into that whole thing another time, but I'm going to play Saturday Night Palsy from Kilicopter by Escape from the Zoo. This is Jesse's other project, WNTH 88.1 The Gwinnett. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with the uh, with the audio here. I'm gonna try this one more time and, and try to uh, see if I can get this to work. Did I unplug something? I unplugged something. Did I unplugged unplug? the aux. That's why this didn't work. You fool. I fool. Um, th- anyways, now we should be playing the song by Escape from the Zoo called Saturday Night Palsy on WNTH 88.1 The Gwinnett.
and Sammy Fogel. Now, I just uh, looked at my phone after Sean was done talking, and I had a CNN notification from 20 minutes ago um, on the name of the of the horse that won the Kentucky Derby. Would you like to make a guess at the name? Is it appropriate to say on the radio? Yes, it extremely is. Um, they're always... You, you know how the horses are always named super weirdly? Mm-hmm. Like, they have... Do you know is what I'm talking like, about? Is it like Cluster Frick or something? No, not okay. at all. Because I'm wondering what extremely is means is it like a play on a swear word no it's just no not at all not at all it's just a weird name okay like it's but they name horses this i want you to guess um they always have weird abstract horse names escape from the zoo uh no it is uh always dreaming always dreaming written by uh john velasquez i think that's another chan song i don't know um it was the 143rd kentucky derby Really? That is a shocking amount of Kentucky Derby. Too many. What is it? Too many? I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't be bothered to care about um, horse racing. I've got, a f- I've got a few things I want to talk about. One of them being the new record from Can- Canadian. Toronto, Canada is a place. Uh, and, and this is the place where the Dirty Nil is from. And they released an album... Uh, about a week ago, and I got early access to it. I got the exclusive. And oh, so you're legit now? So yeah, well, no, yeah. I've I've listened. I've uh, had a couple of promos now. I had the Western Addiction promo too. Not not to brag, but to brag. Right. Uh, yeah, and and I loved the Dirty Nose last record. It I was got my to favorite. listen to the Kendrick Lamar album a month early. You did? No. Oh, <laughs> that's disappointing. That'd be cool, but no. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be super cool. Too bad I'm not a reviewer. Or a hacker. Um, yeah. It did leak uh, the day of, though. I listened to it an hour. <laughs> the, day, the night before, not the day of. No, no, the, <laughs> no, literally the day of. Like, on the well, Thursday. Well, what's the point of it leaking? On the Thursday. It comes out on Thursday at 11 p.m. Oh, yeah, but that's, but that's 12 p.m. Eastern. Do you not stay up for album releases? I do. 
Yeah, I, I stayed up for the Jeff Rosenstock release last year. Yeah, so it came out on, um, and like at at like one thirty p.m. it leaked. Hmm. So yeah, I listened to it a couple hours early. Well, mainly to gloat because I have Spotify and Apple Music updates their library an hour before. So I was basically just gloating to all my friends who had Apple Music. <laughs> so I was like, I'm listening to it early and giving like live commentary. And I got kicked from my group chat. So, <laughs> you know. yes, he should have. Um, D- New Dirty Nil. They released an album of their first, their debut full length last year. It was my favorite album of last year. And they released kind of a compilation of like B sides and, and, and singles that they released um, in their early years. It's called Minimum R&B. And it's it's a fun record. I think that you should definitely listen to Higher Power first if you haven't listened to it. That was their debut. Uh, but there's a lot of great stuff on here. Uh, the highlight definitely being the opener, which I can't play because it's got cussing in the title, um, effing up young. But that there's this very strong Weezer vibe on it. That's why I, I was talking about Weezer earlier, and uh, and it was a bit too early. I thought that there was going to be a good connection, but then I remembered I was going to play that Escape from the Zoo song. Anyways, we can't play the first song, but we can play the second song, which is also very good and also very Weezer-like. Uh, and it's called Verona Lung, and I really like it, and I really like the Dirty Nail. And you should check this record out if you've heard Higher Power already. Uh, this is the Dirty Nail on WNTH with Verona Lung.
and that was the Dirty No with Verona Lung. I I love that song. I like this album. Uh, you know, it's it's it doesn't have a great flow to it, but that's to be expected because it's just kind of a comp. Whoa, I I knocked my mic. It's just kind of a compilation. I gave it a seven. Um, you love the, the given number seven. Yep, because because that's that's an album that I like. That that's that's the number for an album that I like, but doesn't like completely wow me. So that's a pretty good number. All right. Um, definitely check that that song out. the The opening song is is a great song. So it's six twenty five p.m. You're listening to WNTH yes. eighty eight point one. Um, so that means Sean's been playing his music for uh, fifty five minutes now. Sure. That's how much time you get on the multiple choice for the AP US history test. Huh. Do you want to play a song? I used 33 minutes. Yeah. Great. What song? I'm going to play some Frank Ocean. Oh, okay. Can you, you can hook it up, actually. You, you, Are you on Spotify right now? Yes, I can get on Spotify. Uh, hit him with you. a little Pink and White by Frank Ocean. That song's clean? Very much a great song. Yeah, it is. <laughs> some background Beyonce vocals you might be able to notice. They're is she very, swearing? Uh, no, she's basically just going, uh, but like actually in tune. Sounds great. But but are there swears in there? Yes. Ah, no. No, there aren't. No, none there of aren't. those. There aren't. Okay, good. You I think it's actually pink plus white. Yes. Okay. Great. This is this is Frank Ocean. Pink and white, pink off of his, white. Off of the best album of 2016. The Dirty Nail album. Uh, no, it's blonde. Okay, bye. The way every day goes, every time we've no control. If the sky is pink and white, if the ground is black and yellow, it's the same way you showed me. Nod my head, don't close my eyes. Halfway on a slow move, it's the same way you showed me. If you could fly, then you'd feel south. Up north's getting cold soon. The way it is, we're on land, so I'm. Someone I hold true Keep you cool when it's still alive Won't let you down when it's all ruined Just the same way you showed me Showed me You showed me love Glory from above Regardless, dear It's all down Of a summer shade, nose diving the flood lines, tall tower, milk crate. It's the same way you showed me. Cannonball off the porch side, older kids trying off the roof. Just the same way you showed me. You showed if you could die and come back to life, up air from the swimming pool. You kneel down to the dry land, kiss the earth that birthed you. Gave you tools just to stay alive and make it up when the sun is ruined. That's the same way you showed me. Showed. You showed me love.
Song and I was not expecting that coming up. Um, I was because I've heard the song three hundred and seven well, times. I haven't. Okay, so um, I would like to make an apology. Um, when we reviewed this album, I said it was not better than Channel Orange, and I'm really, 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 really sorry because it is. Um, they're both great, but this one is a ten. A um, tad. Channel Orange is better. a ten. Um, this one is a better ten. It's a stronger ten. <laughs> hey, if you give it a 10, then how could you... And then you hear a better album, how could you... That's why 9 What do you exist. do? What, what do you do with that? That's it's why 9 still a 10. Exist. It's just a stronger 10. No, that's that's why you have just be, okay. Just because if I listen to an album and I say, wow, I can't find any major flaws with this. This is spectacular. Then it gets a 9 because it's not better than the best album, which but is a no, 10. But then... If I if I go out here and say, "Wow, this is the best album I've ever heard," then you give it a nine. Then you well, no, sorry. Then you give it a ten. Sorry. Okay. The best so, album no, no, okay. Heard. This is a wow. This is one of the best albums I've ever heard. Like straight up, this is a ten, no doubt about it. And then three weeks later, the give same artist comes out with a better album. You don't retract the prior ten. It's still a ten. This one is just also a ten. But somehow even better. No, you because give- you didn't. When you gave the first record a ten, you didn't even conceptually imagine that another better record of that type could come out. And then one did, but you don't push the other one to a nine. It's still a great, amazing record. You can't just like, I don't know. No, that's why you put the best records at nine, so you have a buffer. That's dumb. No, that's that's why he gave when. I don't know. When the Melon reviewed um, Good Kid, Mad City, the did he the give that one, a ten? He gave it a nine. Okay. The one flaw he listed was, I think the hook on this sounds a little annoying, but not really. Like he's like, in the context of the album, it makes a lot of sense, but it's a little annoying, a tiny bit, and like that much gives it a strong nine instead of a light ten. Um. An atrocity exhibition. I don't, when when that was reviewed, I don't recall him saying a single flaw. He did not list anything he had, any problems he had with that record. Um, but he was like nine. Is that if you're doing that? Is that because you because it's don't not- think that art that because you think that artist can still do better? Like, is that an individual thing? Or is, did, no, is there genuinely something wrong with the record? No, because there's better music in general, because you're measuring other music on the same scale. It's not just you're but measuring he's never, that artist. But never was he, like, there's a better... Like, at the time Good Kid, Mad City was released, he was never like, there's a better rap album than this that's come out in the past, like, year or two. Not year or two. We're but talking th- no, ever. No, it's recent. In the, the way that rap works, it progresses much quicker than a genre like what you listen to because there's more of it. And so when there's more of it, it pushes the genre forward further and quicker. And so it moves at a faster pace than something like, which is not. Yes, but the, the rating scale is still the same it's rating based scale. based on what r- records that sound similar, like, is there a better one? 
There isn't. There is not a record that sounds like Good Kid, Mad City that is better than Good Kid, Mad City. No, because this, this, Butterfly scale, this scale doesn't measures sound like Good music Kid, Mad City. in general. This scale measures music in general. But I think you have to be... contemporary rap music. And it could measure contemporary rap music. But I think it music. has to... You're right. It has to go... But if it's only contemporary rap music, then sure. Give it a 10. It's because, a 10 in what because it that's, is. Because contemporary is going to change, so the quality of music can change over time, too. Right. But if it's a 10 for you right then, and then later you hear another album that's better than that, that doesn't make the other... That shouldn't well, then make in your the logic, other album not a 10. Well, then in your logic, the other album isn't on that scale anymore, because it's not contemporary. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, I think it's... Mm. Oh, do, do, we have more, do we have more on this, or do we want to move on? That's an interesting point, actually. I don't really know how to respond to that. I think we we both have our ways of grading things, and that's okay. Like how hard, how good would a record have to be for you to be for you to give it a ten? The only albums that I would give a ten are things that are already classics, like things that. So you can't give a ten to, to a something in the present. No, because I I don't know how it's going to hold up. What albums would you say are tens? Um, I've got an album that I think I might give a nine. That's coming up. Uh, that I'm going to review. Not the next one, but the one after that. That I think... I'm, spoiler alert. I'm going to give an album that came out yesterday a nine. What album came out yesterday? Well, you're going to have to wait and see. I don't want to look. I don't care. Well, um, you're, gonna, you're not going to have to look. You're going to have to listen. And uh, the album that I'm not talking about is a new At The Drive-In album. What this- albums came out yesterday? Oh. It's checking. S- series dumb. Let's ask Google. The not dumb. Well, in the meantime, I'll be talking about the new At The Drive-In record, which I, I wouldn't give a 9 or a 10, um, but I still think it's a pretty good record. I've seen a lot of what criticism. What albums came out oh. yesterday? Oh. Featured new album releases. What, what site is this on? Uh, I'm on officialcharts.com. I don't think this is going to be on officialcharts.com. Um... A Blaze of Feather? What? By who? That's the name of the artist. Oh. There's a new B.O.B. song featuring Young Thug called Zantastic, as in Xanax. Oh, God. That's fun. That sounds pretty funny. Because as, as a former B.O.B. fan and a current Young Thug fan, that sounds hilarious. This is uh, supposed to be about albums that came out yesterday, right? Why is it uh, showing you singles? I don't know. Oh, because I have it under singles. Let's, <laughs> let's hear some Albums. At the drive-in was yesterday, yep. right? Yes. Cattle and Kane. Nope. Gold Ray. Nope. Chris Stapleton. Nope. Blondie. I don't think it's gonna come up here. What's the alphabetically? Is it in the front or the back of the alphabet? The front. Um, Diana Crawl. Nope. Bonnie Prince Billy. Nope. Ozgayer. You could wait and see. Afghan wigs? That's not it either. How early in the alphabet? B. Let's try allmusic.com. Okay. In the meantime, I'll talk about the new At The Drive-In album. Um, I've seen... I've actually... Since I'm not like officially reviewing this for punk news, um, I've actually read reviews before I, I went into this album. Um, How did you review an album that came out yesterday? What? How you review... So this it? is actually a bit of a hot take because I'm not... Um, 
first of all, I didn't have the promo, so I wouldn't have reviewed it. Uh, somebody else got dibs that album, so they got the promo. But I'm, I'm giving my hot take on it. Um, and Blondie's new album, Pollinator. I've heard that that is terrible. Um, yeah, it has a low rating on here, but that Blondie, who I don't know who that is, um, released an album called Pollinator. I'm all in. It's a 10. <laughs> Anyways, the major criticism I saw with this album is that At The Drive-In's kind of just rejuvenating their sound from their last album, which was 15 years ago, Relationship and Command. 17 years ago. It came out in 2000. Here's a quote from the website about At The Drive-In. 17 years after releasing a classic, the Texas post-hardcore outfit returns with a solid but safe follow-up. Yeah. So, I think... Wait, 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 Texas. Where are they from? I don't know. I think El Paso. I want to say El Paso. Oh, that's such a lame place. Okay. Um, and and I and I understand that, and that criticism is valid. That it, it sounds very similar, but Bill that, McKay, what is it? Bill McKay. Um, I think that rings a bell. Is no? Is that the new album that you're about to give a nine? No. Oh. Um. Just basically, that the 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 style of at the drive-in is so technical and complex, but they're able to kind of merge this with a very kind of accessible song structure so well that I don't. I think that. You can go back to this album and have repeated listens and still find things. Like it is a very great replay factor, and I think that that's, you know, I think that that's that's a pretty strong endorsement. Of, what genre is it uh, for in? the album? It's uh, maybe kind of psych rock or post hardcore. Just go with rock. Yeah, is it Mac rock. DeMarco? No, no. Did you listen to that? No. I saw someone on Twitter was like. I I started listening to this Mac DeMarco and now my jeans are cuffed and they won't uncuff. Someone please help. <laughs> Anyways, at the driving gets an eight. I'm gonna play an at the driving song and then we'll find is out what Bonnie album Prince I really Billy? like. Nope, that's not the song. We're playing an at the driving. No, is song. that the artist? No, we're playing an at the driving song right now. One of the songs that I liked more from this album that wasn't a single, although I love the singles on this album. Incurably Innocent really grew on me. Uh, but this song is called Call Broke. Call Broken Arrow by At The Drive-In.
the drive-in with broken call broken arrow and i i I think that i you know the criticisms they are valid uh the lyrics make no sense um there's another common criticism sounds like someone i know what sounds like someone i know i don't get it a lot of the people i listen to don't have lyrics that mean i mean like the focus isn't on the lyrics anyways like it's, it's just overly kind of poetic but doesn't mean anything and i'm fine with that it's just kind of a placeholder because music with lyrics uh, corny. goes better so whatever i don't care that's not that's not the album's strong suit that's not the album's draw the lyrics although they, they sound kind of pretty when you don't think about them sammy is this an intro to something do you want to talk mm-hmm. oh i've had a song in my head all week let's see if there's a clean version Uh, all week, really, I've been listening to Days Before Rodeo, the album I discussed earlier, Travis Scott. Um, it's good. It is really good. Um, but there might not be a clean version of any of those songs. So we'll see. We'll see. hey yeah. there's a clean version. It's uh, Skitty. hey yo. Um, hold on just a moment. We've got a little ad to skip. Ah, uh, okay. Well, we'll wait this out, and I'll provide some interesting commentary. Okay, we skipped the ad. Okay, great. Let's <laughs> listen to this song. Uh, this is called Skyfall. Pass me the audio player. Um, it's by uh, Travis Scott, and it's featuring your favorite artist, Young Thug. Oh, uh, actually, I actually did like Young Thug. I think didn't he? I? He really uh, his verse on this is wild. And- even even though I I kind of make fun of him because. I, I don't know. His name makes him sound like a trap rapper. I think, but I, I actually is, but think I did like him, didn't I? Yeah, his name's not, the, but he's Thugger, baby. Okay. He might also low-key put out an album this week, and if he does, it's called Easy Breezy Beautiful Thugger Girl, as in Cover Girl. Okay. Well, at, let's just play the song before you deep, dig yourself into deeper into this trench, Sammy. Uh, yeah. Well, this is Great. Skyfall by Travis Scott. WTH. Bye.
mattress My trap is still broken, we got all these orbits Hit up the whole pharmacist We serve all the money, my shit at your body We shot at my body This guy keep on falling, the drugs I keep calling He keep picking up for me And love me, I don't wanna buy, oh no, no They won't keep me high, oh no, no I'm trapped in my conscience my trap is still funky They get all of these hunters Hit up the whole pharmacist You serve all the money My shit is your money You shot at my money This guy keep on falling The drug keep on falling Yeah, that's that life Yeah, yeah I be loud on my latest trip I be drunk in my latest trip Get the club for the goodness. I never got down with the moors on my hip. I'm just trying to ball while these looking for me. Dude, I got it down a draw. Trying to get a little dude. They just want to hang like my nigga. This is cool, but I'm so ahead of my time. Could I show up in this hill? It's not a couple of roommates. All you know that just a rumor. Have you ever got some? I want you to be the ball driller. Skyler Flader, Rick the Ruler.
the money. I'm my shit at your money. You shot at my money. What's the love if you love me? And the sky keep on falling. The choice I keep calling. You keep picking up for me. And love me. Sorry, Danny. You were, I mean, Sammy, you were in the middle of a sentence, but I, I put us on the air. Yeah, uh, I was just... I, full disclosure, and I told you this. I hated that. Um, it's okay. It's, it's you a, hated yeah. the Travis Scott. You liked the Young Thug, didn't you? What? Did you like the Young Thug? Oh, I don't know. Like, neither the... I remember the Young Thug being really eccentric, and I liked that. He was that. really eccentric in that. In that? He was really outward in the... Oh, no, no, Okay, I heard, I heard nothing of the sort, so... Um, I don't know what your definition of eccentric is. He was pretty out there on that one. And his flow on that was really nice. I don't know. I'm going to talk about the album that I'm going to give a nine. I think, for now. I've, it's only came out yesterday, and I've listened to it a total of twice. So Listens this is, to it one more time, and it's just, like, trash. Yeah. I mean, on the on second thought, like, I, I mean, so, okay. The first time I listened to it, I think it was a strong nine, and, and I think I still built it up when we were having that conversation. It does have its, its downfalls. Well, um, then it's not a ten. Yeah. It has a flaw, it's not, it's not a, a 10. Yeah, and Blonde it's not a 9 no flaws, either. therefore it is a 10. It is a 9. But, 10. <laughs> but, um, well, I, I'm glad yonder. that you are giving Blonde a 9. I, I mean, I'm just going by your standard. It's a 10. So Big Walnuts Yonder is a bit of a super group um, with, and I can't believe I can't think of his name, um, Mike something. I'll, I'll come back to that. Um, the Wilco got, guy? No, it's, it's I, I wouldn't know his name anyways. Um, You're not a big Wilco guy? At no. Greg Cott? Not really. You know who Greg Cott is? He's is he in Wilco? No, he's the Tribune music critic, and gotcha. my parents always joke that he um, only likes music if it if it's a Wilco album. Mike Watt, that's his name. All right, Mike Will made it. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, well, no, Mike Watt is the guy from the Minutemen. I um, mean, he's the bassist and he sings on this album. You've also got uh, people from Deerhoof and Tara Mellos. I haven't really listened to much of any of that except for. Um, of course, the Minutemen. Uh, they we're going to say Deerhoof. Deerhoof sounds hilarious. Yeah, not a big Deerhoof guy. But not they really, a big Deerhoof. They really come together like very well. Like it's their their original bands are like across the board, just kind of not real. There, there doesn't seem to be much cohesion, but they really come together really well on this album. Um, kind of a bit of a psych rock, a bit of a somewhat of a post hardcore sound to to it. And, it, I mean, I love this album, especially the first few songs. Um, all Against All, uh, Sponge Bath, which was one of the singles that they released that really got me turned on to these guys. Um, and Flare Star Phantom, which I think I might play. It's a really long song, but... Um, like how long? It's like eight minutes, but I'm actually going to skip like the first minute because it's uh, kind of like a bunch of feedback. Like, it's really cool. It's really atmospheric and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean... You don't need to hear that much. Um, you can listen to the album on your own, and I highly recommend you do. Um, I almost certainly won't. Okay. Well, I'm talk. I'm not talking to you. Okay, good. It's also got kind of all these jazz embellishments, and and it's a very kind of I like jazz. Well-rounded album. Yeah. I don't. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, jazz, I'm not saying I, if you love jazz, you're necessarily going to love this album. I love jazz. But I'm just kind of describing the, the textures of this album. So since this song is such a long song, and we are going to be getting off the air pretty soon, I'm just going to go ahead and play it. This is Big y- Walnuts Yonder with Flare Star Phantom off of uh, their self-titled record that they released yesterday. I'll be doing a more in-depth review in the future. I dibbed this record, even though I, I, I didn't get the uh, early promo, but that's okay. That's okay. I, I have it now, and that's all I that's all I need. So this is Big Walnuts Yonder. No, Sammy no. wanted to say something. No, wait, never mind, never mind. Never mind.
And that is going to do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to play a little bit for the automation. And that's going to be our show. That's going to be our show. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to WNTH. The Gwyneth 88.1. We've got a couple more shows this year. And that'll be it. Until next year. Uh, Goodbye. I'm Sean Crawford. This is The Automation.